You're listening to the Outer Hours Podcast. We talk about all things life outside the nine to fives. Sit down, relax, and welcome to the Outer Hours. Good. Matt, it's been about seven days since we've last engaged in conversation with each other. How, uh, what have you been up to? How you been? I'm good. We did talk on the phone yesterday, so I think that's kind of unfair to say it's been seven days, although it feels like it has. True, but our conversation yesterday was really just in regards to this, so there was no sort of like catch up involved with that. Yeah, it was just, hey, are you gonna be free tomorrow to do this? Yeah, it was. It was mostly business. There was no like pictures of my dog exchanged or anything. So, yeah. How is how uh, how is your dog doing? By the way, since the incident, she's so tired right now. Oh, since the incident, yeah. She she was just puking a little bit. Um, she woke me up Thursday. No, Wednesday, Wednesday morning at like 3 a.m. Just was uh, it like the noise that woke you up or her? Like, was she like, cause like, I don't have a dog, so I don't know what kind of noises they make from like that. I have cats who just sing when they're going to throw up anyways. Yeah. It was, um, it was like a deep guttural noise, you know? And, Oof. uh, it's like, <clears throat> and then it, and then it was kind of a wet noise. Um, but yeah, that woke me up. That was a little bit uh, terrifying. So that was at 3 a.m. and she puked every hour on the hour for uh, for a couple hours. So I took her to the vet and then uh, went off to work. <laughs> what time? What, uh, so, well, I mean, what was the time span from when Holly woke you up from being sick to when you were able to get her into the vet? Uh, four hours. Four, fucking A, dude. That is uh, a couple of years ago when I lived downtown in Milwaukee. Uh, Oscar got sick in the middle of a snowstorm. And when I say he got sick, uh, he just didn't pee for like four hours, which can be like a bad thing with cats for like urinary tract stuff. Okay. Uh, anyways, my girlfriend and I drove through a snowstorm in a Ford Focus, I want to say was the car, um, through the middle of a snowstorm at like one o'clock in the morning to go to this 24-hour animal hospital for them to be like, yeah, he just needs to wait a little bit longer. Here's some medicine. If he doesn't continue to pee, like, bring him back. Uh, but thankfully, we live close to, like, a 24-hour one because, as you know, my girlfriend, if anything goes wrong with our cats, it is within an hour we are at a hospital <laughs> or the vet uh, or anything to get them taken care of. Yeah, I think dogs in general are just a little different. They're a little bit more resilient um then cats just generally with that kind of stuff but uh yeah it was the it was the frequency of it that concerned me but luckily enough um she got to the vet and she was with them for like eight hours and she didn't puke once and they were like yeah we have no idea are you sure she, she was, was puking i was like oh yeah yeah i had i had to clean it up but uh she's puking blood right yeah and they have no clue as to why that was occurring like nope. they couldn't pinpoint a reason uh-uh and they charged me 130 bucks for it dog i would have taken my pet to a different vet uh it was fine i wasn't super if it, i trust this vet they're they're good um yeah dogs are weird though too she's a puppy so back well she's your your first pet on your own correct correct my first solo venture into pet parenthood How's that uh, changed your life? Because I was, for myself at least, like, I was not a cat person. 
we got our two cats who I was allergic to. So I was able to like come over and leave as my allergies got bad. I can't imagine my life without the little shits now. Yeah. No, it's it's been um well I'll just put it this way. You and you know this, I've been wanting a dog for years. Years. Yeah. Yeah. And I would send you like um Facebook group postings, Craigslist postings, things I saw on like Facebook or Reddit or Twitter of just pictures of golden retrievers. Um, yeah, I remember because I sent you like a sanctuary uh, for some. And then you ended up getting Holly. Um, and I was like, I don't even care that it wasn't from the sanctuary. <laughs> like, she's adorable. Yeah, I was looking at rescues, all that stuff. And uh, just, you know, I started the, the job I'm working now um, in July. And I started working in the office that I'm in in September, and I got her a, two days before I started my job. I was like, you know what? If I'm gonna do this, I'm just gonna go full steam into it and I'm gonna throw my uh, throw my full weight behind it. And I haven't looked back. It's been it's been an adventure. Uh, she helps me have a routine. Um, definitely copes with some of that you know quarantine loneliness that we've been, all been feeling the last year or so. So. Yeah, it's been. Uh, I mean, I live with someone and I feel it. So I, yeah. I can't imagine what it would be like for people out there who aren't lucky enough to live with someone who like they love. And I love. She drives me at the wall. Love her to death. But like, I still miss like hanging out with friends or hell, even coworkers. Like, I you don't realize how much you miss that interaction with people until you don't have it. And like, because I never considered myself a social person. So well, like when we went home for quarantine, I was like, this is ideal. Like I don't like anybody. This is great. I was going to go for like hikes, go camping. And and then, of course, all that stuff shut down for the most part. And then I'm like, I actually enjoy people and hanging out and, you know, even conversating about complaining about the job with my coworkers. That kind of thing is just. I think fell by the wayside. Yeah. Yeah. I got to the point and I I don't think we need to dive too much into quarantine loneliness, but but (laughs) there was a point uh i think it was like april of quarantine's like a month in and i was like jergens orders on repeat (laughs) no maybe i don't know that's not what i was getting into uh no me the boys i was living with four other guys or i guess three three because one moved out um but we would just be like hey you guys want to do something and the do something would be go sit on the porch and watch the other people drive by in their cars and drink beer and that was like okay. doing something for us. But you were, that was college at the time for you, right? Yeah, I was in my college house with the college boys. So the, the reason why I ask is I feel like as someone who hasn't gone to college, that just feels like a very stereotypical college thing to do. Sit on the porch and drink beers with your friends. Yeah, but that was every day for us. Instead of like, you know, every every once in a while. It was like, we don't have anything else to do. This is the most exciting part of our week is sitting here on the porch and watching people and being drunk. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I suppose, yeah. If, if really that's the highlight of your week and it happens every single day, that could get, you know, pretty boring and repetitive or sad. I can definitely see that. Yeah, it was, uh, it was an interesting time for sure. But you know what? In retrospect, it's like actually like fond memories. So if I had to quarantine again, I would definitely do it with the boys. 
you miss those uh those cars passing and those uh those porch beers now yeah um there's a lot of days when that sounds appealing again <laughs> there is a uh, that reminds me of a quote um that i recently kind of like found out about i put it on my instagram i think i probably would have sent it to you too uh but it's talking about how like you never know i, I actually don't want to butcher it so just give me a second um it's kind of related to this but in terms of like an adventure and it goes the test of an adventure is that when you're in the middle of it you say to yourself oh now i've got myself into this awful mess i wish i were sitting quietly at home uh and the sign that something is wrong with you is when you sit quietly at home wishing you were out having lots of adventure the way that that kind of correlates to this is why you're doing that thing it's kind of like oh like whatever this kind of is what it is but then looking back you're like damn that was fun like you probably wish you could have been doing something else, but looking back, like you're happy or not happy, but like you missed that time. Yeah, no, for sure. And it's kind of like that. I don't know. I kind of tying it back into the puppy thing. I feel that way about the early days with Holly. You know, there were some, there were some tough days when she would, uh, she would whine for like four hours throughout the night and I would get zero sleep. And then we'd go and we'd go run in the park and have a little fun adventures because she's a little puppy. But, you know, it was one of those things where in the moment I was like, I hate this. I'm crying. I'm tired. <laughs> Why did I do this? But looking back on it, there's some, there's some like, I don't know, some nostalgia there, I guess. It's, but it's, it's, it's a different nostalgia because it was really tough. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, and. I feel like that nostalgia is a little bit different as well because I feel the same way about my cats when they were kittens. Um, like, I would do anything to go back for, like, a week and have my cats be kittens again uh, just because I miss them being so young. And not, like, they're not innocent now, but, like, young and just full of excitement versus now they just sleep on my chair and look at me. And if I say Oscar's name too loud, he just meows at me, basically telling me to shut up. And, like, the, the playfulness of them or, like, the the yelling of, hey, stop scratching on that. Like it, it sucked while I was doing it and whatnot, but like looking back at them being kittens, like I wouldn't have traded that for anything. Did they have like a exploratory stage as kittens? So when yes and no. So we got them at two different times. Okay. Um, we got Oscar, uh, our boy cat, uh, before we got Zoe, uh, the our our baby girl. Baby girl. Uh, and we got Oscar from one of our friends. Um, he had a feral cat in his garage who had a litter, and I picked Oscar out from there. And okay. my girlfriend took him. And then she wanted to get another cat, so she got Zoe. And Oscar, for the first little while, I think pretty much normal for cats. They like to hide right away. They're not familiar with like their area. Yeah, I've heard that. Um, and not comfortable. So he hid underneath the bed for a little while. Um, once he got comfortable, he was kind of out and about on everything. He would cackle at birds as they like would fly by. He had a great view in the kitchen of a, a tree that was right out in front of it and would sit there for hours and just watch the birds and stuff. Uh, when we got Zoe, they were very standoffish. Uh, he was bigger than Zoe, so he kind of had an advantage on her. Um, now they're like best friends for 23 hours of the day in one hour. I'm pretty sure their mentality is one of us is going to make it out of this day alive. Uh, <laughs> and each one of them is convinced that they're the one who's going to make it. Uh Zoe, I say, is more exploratory now as she's gotten older. Okay. Um, and I think it's because we've spoiled her so heavy. I mean, we spoil both of them. Absolutely. 
Uh, but with her, like when they get in, when her and Oscar get into a fight, I yell at Oscar. Mm. Uh, she'll start it, but she's my baby girl. So I think she knows that she can get away with stuff more. So she kind of like pushes those limits by climbing on things that she shouldn't or going in places that she shouldn't. But it's weird because now Oscar, he's not exploratory at all. Okay. He's very much a lounge cat or a dog. He's like a dog in a way. He'll come on my lap and sit on me for like four hours or he'll curl up in my hair. Um, he'll meow when he wants attention or he'll come up and scratch me and be like, it's my turn to get rubbed. <laughs> Sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm sure Holly's probably the same way when it's time for attention. You are well aware. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, she's pretty independent, um, especially for a golden, actually. But she still has her, her attention moments where she'll just whine until she gets to play or or get belly rubs. But I now, Oh, go ahead. Uh, do you have like parks or like trails that you can take her on? I feel like, like if I had a dog, that's, I feel like I would live outside with them. I know it's difficult because you travel for work. Um, but like, do you have like, I know you have a dog park, if I'm not mistaken. I believe you've mentioned that and sent some pictures. Yeah. But do you like take her on like trail runs with you and stuff? Yeah, absolutely. Um, she's probably get a lot more active. So we got, um, just a little fenced in area at the apartment complex somewhere for her to burn energy um play a yeah. little bit of ball but it's it's very very small for her it's probably better for smaller dogs she's a she's a big girl um a couple parks we really like to go to uh there's one that's just a a big soccer complex so it's just open fields for okay. you know most of the day um as long as there's not kids playing soccer there uh, we just go there, throw the ball, run around together, um, and then uh, there's a place where we go. There's like a like a one, maybe maybe two mile trail loop uh, that we run every once in a while um, out in the woods by my house. And then there's a dog park, like you said, where she can go socialize. Uh, and then I this last weekend um, visited this place with my girlfriend and her dog. It's uh, the Cincinnati Nature Center. So okay. Um, it's a big, like couple hundred acres. They've got yeah. 17 miles of trails. Um, oh shit. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pretty big. Um, and since I'm not like the most athletic guy, you can't see me on screen, but my guns are not huge. Um, 17 miles might as well be the whole world <laughs> for me to explore. No, I, I can relate to that. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, this Friday we, we went there and, uh, it was our first time being there so we were like oh let's let's try out you know the easy trails and all that and we got we got done with like two miles of trails my girlfriend and and our dogs um and after now were you running that or walking it uh walking but it was like a lot of elevation so we didn't feel yeah super bad about walking it's still a good workout um, i mean judge free zone i like to walk on trails yeah no it's there's nothing wrong with walking um but we get we get to a fork in the road and it's like, okay, we can go left and it's like a mile back to the cars or we can go right. And it's like a three mile, super, like super high difficulty rating trail. And yeah. we had been walking for like 40 minutes and we're like, well, I don't really think it's time to go home yet. You know, the park closes in an hour and 20 minutes. Maybe I think we can do this. Well, so, so we, Take the difficult trail, and it's like a as one does as yeah. as one would do. 
we, <laughs> we're about half a mile into it. And we're like, I don't, I don't think we're going to make it with this pace. Like, oh, no. th- this park's going to close on us. <laughs> I'm going to step it up. <laughs> so, uh, so about a half mile in, we start, we start jogging it. And, uh, this trail was not rated difficult for no reason. It was, uh, a lot of elevation change. Um, very slippery. Uh, there's a couple stream crossings and, uh, my girlfriend's dog does not like water. So when there's like a puddle or something, he refuses to go through it. He must go around it, even if there's no way around it. So that added a couple minutes on each end and we got some sprained ankles, but you know what? We made it through with uh, time to spare. So, uh, did you carry her dog across the stream? No, we're not that nice. We pull him. <laughs> I would have carried him. I've carried Holly on some trails before. Uh, it's as embarrassing and as cute as it sounds. See, I don't get like embarrassed about that stuff. Like if, like if I had a dog and it like wasn't good with water and I had to cross water, I'd pick up the dog and walk. And if someone's going to be like, Oh, look at that dog's afraid of water. I'm like, and it's a dog. It doesn't like water. Like it doesn't, it's not going to rationalize. Oh, I'll be fine in that. Like a human would. It just knows. Oh, I don't like that. So I'm not going to like intentionally given that you be like terrified of water for me to do this, but like, I'm not going to like put them through it. If they're just like a little hesitant, then depending on the leash that I have, yeah, I'll pull them through. I'm real big on the harness leash situation. Yes. I don't like neck leashes. Okay. Um, actually, so me and my girlfriend were going for a walk the other day. Uh, and as you know, I live on like a very busy street in my city. Right. Uh, I live right by the lake and it was probably like nine o'clock at night and it was raining and this guy had his two French bulldogs uh, who he was walking and they had like the, the neck collars and they were at the, the crosswalk and they were sitting and he wanted to walk and they weren't like about it at that moment. Um, there were cars coming and like he probably should have just waited anyways because he had to like sp- speed walk them across. Uh, but they weren't like trying to move. So he just dragged them across the street. Okay. Um, and for the first time in my adult life, I yelled at a guy um, and like stopped him. Like I didn't like actually go to him and stop him, but he like stopped in his tracks. And I was like, yo, don't pull your fucking dogs across the street. Like don't, don't, don't drag them. They're not like toys. Like they're fucking animals. I understand that like it may not be that big of a deal to you, but like if someone's walking by and seeing someone drag their dogs across the street, you're automatically going to assume, at least I am, that's probably a shitty person. <laughs> you're an asshole. Yeah, but yeah. it was the first time in my life that I like called someone out. And I'm not like a big person. So anytime that I think I'm going to do something, I like envision confrontation in my mind. And I'm usually like, I'm not going to win this battle. I'm just going to shut up. Uh, but man drags his French bulldogs. Boom, here I go. I was like shaking a little bit afterwards. My adrenaline was all pumped up. Got some ice cream. It's a pretty good night. But also they're French bulldogs like... Those are really small, right? They're tiny. Like, you well, can yeah. Just, so they're small you can dogs. Um, yeah. You have two arms or two dogs. Just pick them up. Yeah. Uh, it's not it a was, Holly's. You know, they're not like seventy pounds. But yeah, dude, it, I was so, so mad about it. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I don't know, like, what came over me to not even like think about anything. Just instinctively, I just yelled at him. Asshole. 
And then I saw him the next day. He lives about two houses or two buildings away from me. Um, yeah. I was wearing different clothes because I shower and change. Mm-hmm. Um, and he uh, obviously didn't recognize me. But he was going into his apartment building. He was like, come on, no, come on. Come on, babies, come on, come on. And I was like, okay. Like, maybe I may have misjudged you in terms of immediately thinking you're a shitty person. But also, like, don't pull your fucking dog by their neck across the street. When when was that, do you think? Like, how long ago? Literally three days ago. Okay. This is something I've noticed um, in, my, in my driving time uh, recently, but... Have you become like angrier as you get older? Uh, I I don't know if I'd say that I've become angrier, but I have definitely become less tolerant of things around me that I don't agree with. Um, or like I have, I have a shorter fuse with certain things. Yeah, I think that's a good way of describing how I'm feeling. Cause I think as I've gotten older, like with elderly people, I am way more. Um, like understanding and like calm and patient than I than I was as a teenager. I was like as a kid, you know. Unfortunately, I'd be get the fuck out of my way, old man. Not to them, but like in my mind, <laughs> you know, I'd be like, hurry the fuck up, I gotta go do shit. And now I'm like, oh, I hope he's having a good day. Like, I hope he's happy. Yeah, I can wait. I got nothing going on. But if I see someone like driving slow in the left hand lane, I hope their car explodes. So it's. Like, not with them in it. Like, I hope they're fine. But, like, small things like that will drive me up the wall that used to not. And then things that I used to upset me wildly, I'm, like, totally okay with. Yeah, I, I don't know, like, what what made me notice it. Anyway, let's start there. What made me notice it is that um, I never got road rage, ever. Uh, really? I, Yeah. Like high school, college, even like, I got my first case of road rage like this year, like 2021 in the last couple of months. And I think it's, it might be the number of miles I'm driving uh, and I'm just seeing like worse stuff all the time or drivers are getting worse. But, yeah. oh my God, I've been so upset at random people on the road <laughs> for the first time ever. I'm like, either these people are getting worse at driving or my fuse is getting shorter, or I just hate people more now. I don't know what I think it is. It's, I think it's probably a combination of everything, because I drove for a while. I haven't driven now legally in like five years. Uh, but when I started driving, I didn't have any road rage at all or any kind of anger towards other drivers. As I drove more, I also had the same mentality of, oh my God, these people are literally getting worse. Yeah. Um, and I think that's just because I became so accustomed to the way that I was driving that like, well, I would turn here, why won't you? Like, I would go around that. Why wouldn't you? Um, I think that's kind of unavoidable as a driver. The more that you drive, the more other people do things the way that you wouldn't pisses you off. Or, like, if somebody's speeding down, a, like, a, a side street, you're not going to do that, you know, hopefully. So, like, I, th- I think that kind of thing angers me more. I didn't have any of that when I was younger because I had no experience doing it. So, I think it does make sense that the more that you drive... And the more you are in that situation of being on the road with other people, that other yeah. people would upset you more. Because now you're just so much more prone to everybody else driving like, you know, in your mind, an idiot. Um, because I'm sure in your mind, you're a great driver, right? Um, actually, I, I would say I was a great driver. <laughs> but I got a new car that, like, has lane keep assist and auto... Uh, auto 
acceleration. Oh, yeah, yeah. And while that feature is great, it has made me a far worse driver. I pay so a maybe lot your less road attention. rage. Okay, well, a just don't admit that ever again. <laughs> That's not great. Um, but maybe the fact that you are now not less in control, but there's less things that you have to do while driving or to focus on. Maybe that also allows you to kind of take in more of what's going on around you, which is great for being aware of like the situation around you, but also is detrimental because now things are just pissing you off more. Yeah. It's like a catch 22. Yeah. There's a lot of more, a lot more people cutting me off and, and shitty truck drivers recently. I don't know. I hope they all get replaced with autonomous cars. <laughs> the the reason why I ask if I think that you're if you think that you're a good driver is because when I was younger, um, like a year younger than you are now, um, I pretty much thought that I was a living rein not reincarnation but like a living, non famous version of Paul Walker mm. driving my '92 Honda Prelude that looked like it came out of Fast and the Furious. By the way, anybody who's listening, if you buy a Honda Prelude, it does not look like it's out of the Fast and the Furious. I'm just gonna tell you that right now. Someone who had one. And had a deal with people asking me how Tokyo Drift was. Uh, looks cool, but the jokes get old. And the fart cannons, nobody's really a fan of them. But I thought that I was the greatest driver in the world. And then when I had stopped driving, I would seen people who drive how I used to. And it drives me up the wall. So I, in my mind, I was a great driver. Realistically, I'm pretty sure I was terrible. Did you have a spoiler on yours? I think you know the answer to that question. I did have a spoiler, and the car was lowered. I had a full body kit uh, with, like, the front bumper, fenders, side skirts, um, rear bumper. I had uh, Sparco racing seats put in the front two seats, so I had the, the Honda stock seats that were taken out. I had the racing seats put in with the racing seatbelt, by the way, which... If you aren't aware or haven't ever used one, if you're not in like the fittest shape possible, those things just make you feel like you're a fucking boulder. Uh, I had my trunk was just subwoofers. I had underglow on the car and I had blue neon lights on the inside that took so much power for my car to, to run all of this that when my base would hit, the lights would dim. Oh, that's hot. Um, That's so. Yeah. Hot. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> I mean, that car really looked like I was the Wish version of a Fast and the Furious, like, main character. Uh, it was super fun to drive because it could, in my mind at the time, could turn on a dime. Um, and, yeah, dude, I don't know. I would never buy a vehicle like that again. Like, if I want to buy, like, a little coupe sports car, uh, I'm not buying a 92 Honda Prelude. That's for damn sure. Yeah, you get a, you get a 2020 Honda Civic. Dude, those things are sick. No, I'll just spend forty thousand dollars on a '94 Toyota Supra, and then really feel like I'm in Fast and the Furious, and then never drive it because I'll be scared I'm gonna break it. We're we're not talking about work stuff, right? Because I if, if you want to talk about your work, you absolutely can. No, because it's life outside the nine to five. But if you want to bring the nine to five into life, well, it's a part of it. Okay, because I I went to um, a company. <clears throat> Uh, that works on the interiors for the Acura NSX. Hell yeah, they do. Yeah, that car is sick. It is, yeah. I actually, so I do like the new models a lot, uh, but those older ones where they're like a little, a little boxy but like real angular. Oh 
man. Does that get you going? I love like older tuner cars. I say older being like 90s. Uh, I love tuner cars from that decade. Like the, the RX-7s, the Toyota Supra, some of the older Civics, uh, the Skylines R32, R33, the first Lance Revolutions, like STIs from Subaru. Oh, man. I, I'll be honest. I don't know a whole lot about the cars. I just know uh, <clears throat> I know what the companies that I work with make. And there's some sexy stuff going on for Acura. That's all I'm going to say. No, absolutely. I mean, Acura's, I, I do think they make nice cars. I can tell that I've gotten older because my dream car, like my daily driver that I wanted for the longest time was either a Supra or an RX-7, which I feel like is pretty accurate for my generation who watched Fast and the Furious as a teenager. Yeah. Now my dream vehicle is a Toyota RAV4 hybrid. Um, or the Toyota 4Runner, uh, TR Pro off road. I'm gonna get the Rav4 because that's a more realistic option for me than spending the sixty thousand dollars that it would cost me to get the 4Runner. But have you ever sat in a TRD Pro? No. Mm. One of those guys I quarantined with, he he got that as a graduation gift. I'm sorry, he got. A TRD Pro 4Runner as a graduation gift? With, yeah, with that off-roading package you were just talking about. Do his parents want a 29-year-old? They might trade you for theirs. <laughs> I mean, I'm going back to I'm going back to college so they can give me the graduation gift and I can make them more proud. Yeah, let, let me hit them up real quick. Oh, that's fantastic. I'm very envious of this man. I don't even know him. Yeah, actually, you guys would get along great. He's the friend of mine that runs the uh, ultra marathons. So he runs. So you've seen what I look like. What makes you think I'm going to get along with somebody who runs? Because he only does ultra marathons on trails. He does ultra marathon trail running. This man's a fucking gangster. Yeah. He's That's dope. absolutely fucking nuts. Um, he, That's incredible. He, he on average runs like, like I think he does like 12 miles a day. This is just like general thing. It's either like 12 miles or two hours. Dude. Some of those ultra marathon runners are wild yeah um when i was in training for my current job we would have an hour lunch and one of the guys i was in training with we were like oh what'd you do for lunch and i'm like oh i had scrambled eggs or like breakfast food for lunch because i have intermittent fast i don't eat in the morning and he'd be like i ran six miles and biked four what <laughs> okay what asshole. are you doing during <laughs> yeah like we're not getting awards for like overachiever of athletics here okay our job is to literally sit at a computer screen for eight hours a day and help with my company's like programs and stuff. Yeah. At at no point are you going to be required to do 10 miles of athletic things in an hour to like keep your job. I mean, props for him. That's incredible that he had the stamina and pace to do that every single day. But also, keep it to yourself, bro. Yeah, I'm with you there. I'm with you. That's kind of a like like after the what'd you, first what'd you day, have for lunch? Oh, I had a gym membership. What'd you have? Eat food. It's for the week. I ran. Like after the first day, like we get it. You're athletic. You run, and you bike every single day. That's great. Stop sharing. You know what? I could I could excuse it if it was like, hey, you know, I'm trying this new thing running during lunch. 
it actually worked out for me. I didn't think I could do it, but I did. But yeah, but, but that mentality of, oh, I, oh, I did my, I did ten miles. What'd you do? I don't like that. Oh man, if he would have gotten the what'd you do, I'd have been like enjoyed my lunch. What do you, <laughs> what do you mean? Given, as someone who like got into running last year, and I've been terrible with it now. Although I do, I did put a treadmill in my room. Um, I can attest that. I hated, hated running when I started doing it. Uh, absolutely hated it. I did find that running on the trails makes everything so much more enjoyable. Things I like being out in nature. Yeah. Uh, but the runner's high is a real thing. Like, I could go into a run mad and still be pissed off like 30 minutes in. But after like 45 minutes, I come out of that and I'm just the happiest person in the world. Uh and then I would run again, like chase that feeling, and it would get annoying because like I wouldn't always get like that runner's high feeling of like not euphoria, but like you could just keep going. Okay. Yeah. Like you, you like you're just in such a fluid motion that like you feel like you could just do that forever. It. You think it's like a momentum thing? I think it's endorphins, to be honest. I think it's just your adrenaline and your body's pumping iron out. And at a certain point, you're just like, you're not focusing on the pain anymore. You're just like, okay, I'm running. So it's like, Cause I, it's like, it's like I, when you, when you lose that sense of smell, when you go into a place after a while, right? Like you go into a smoky room and then the smell, the smoke goes away and you don't notice it anymore. But with running. Kind of, okay. yes. Um, and I think that it was real effective to me in the beginning because I went into that like 50 pounds heavier than I am now. I went into like 220, 230, and I'm 5'6", 5'7", in the morning. Um, and I would run for a minute, walk for two minutes, eventually, you know, building up to 30 minutes, 35, 40. Yeah. Uh, and it's weird because the longer that I would do it, the harder it was for me to get that feeling again. Like I remember the the first time that it happened, um, I would for it was like a forty five minute run. And like probably like I wanna say thirty, thirty minutes in, I just had like a smile on my face. I was listening to my music. I was looking in the mirror and I was like picturing myself in like a montage video of like running through the wilderness. And I was like, <laughs> this is my life now. I am the person that you're going to see when someone flies a drone over like Eagle Creek in Oregon, there's someone going to be running. I just pictured that being myself doing it. And it was just so, I've never been happier exercising. Never felt that again since that, but (laughs) I, I find that if I picture myself doing things like that while I'm doing something, I don't enjoy. It makes it more enjoyable. Like when I would do sit-ups, I'd be like, dude, this is awful. And then I think like, if I keep this up for like a year, that's what I'll look like. And as I'm doing it, I just keep that picture of like, that's the end. Uh, and it makes it easier for me to do it. See, I take it one step further and um, I bring uh, pictures of dudes with sweaty rock hard abs with me to the gym. I keep them in my wallet. Now, do you keep them in your wallet <laughs> at all times or just when you go to the gym? No, my gym, my gym wallet. <laughs> your gym wallet. Okay. Yeah, it's got my gym membership what in else? there, and then okay. pictures so of sweaty dudes. So we got your gym dudes. membership, pictures of sweaty dudes with rock hard abs. What else is in there? 
little Jurgens to go or uh some KY um and some KY <laughs> at the gym. You can't even play that off like you got dry skin. You just everybody knows exactly what that is for. <laughs> KY dudes with rock hard abs. Uh my gym membership of course. You can't forget that. Um arguably the most <laughs> important portion of the wallet. Yeah. Eh. Yes and no. And then um, some extra cash so I can buy those uh, pre-workouts when I get there. So. Yeah, you need that extra energy, <laughs> don't you? Yeah, after looking at pictures of sweaty dudes, I am just exhausted. Got to finish that workout strong. I feel you. I carry one picture in my wallet, and it's Justin Timberlake in his full denim outfit. And it's just so I know that no matter how dumb I look, I'll never look like I have ramen noodles on my head and Justin Timberlake in full denim. That being said, if anybody could have pulled it off, it was going to be him. It's a phenomenal moment in American history. How am I just now seeing this outfit? Because you are five years younger than me, and you would have been quite literally a child when it happened. Yeah? I mean, I knew all about the ramen hair. That's nothing new. I don't think you can be on the internet at this point in life and not be aware of the ramen hair. I I've seen actually many um many a band geek try to replicate that look uh in the following decades. That is quite unfortunate. Not for me, man. It was entertaining. <laughs> well, did you had frosted tips for a little while, yeah? I think frosted tips is uh um I I bleached my hair. That's what you had. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, I had frosted hair, and my I don't roots know if you can in. ever make fun of somebody for their hair when you quite literally looked like a young Guy Fieri. I did look like a cool Guy Fieri. Um, uh, I think Guy Fieri is about as cool as any person who looks like Guy Fieri can be. The man is phenomenal. Um, but that being said, he's the only person who can look like Guy Fieri and not get made fun of for looking like Guy Fieri. I I look up to him, honestly, like a little bit. When COVID hit, he did a lot of like good charity work mm-hmm. for uh like bartenders and restaurant employees and all that. Yeah, the man's great. Yeah. Just wish he didn't have frosted hair. And he's got a great Twitter account. That thing is popping all the time. Um I'll be honest, I've never seen it. Really? He's very yeah. self-aware. Um, most of them are flavor town memes or like. Oh, good for him. That's fantastic. Yeah. Or like. It's just all very self-aware humor, making fun of himself, interjecting himself into like current events, but using the uh, using the memes surrounding him. It's it's very fun. That makes me happy. That's very cool that someone of that like status of being like a celebrity chef is well aware of the like humor surrounding him and uses that as a way to like engage with people. I think the best thing you can do is poke fun at yourself and that he's capitalized on that is phenomenal. Oh yeah. Like, like for example, today, six hours ago, he tweeted, um, rolling out to the moon, hashtag Dogecoin. And it's a picture of him in an astronaut, astronaut suit. Uh, with a doge on the helmet. I'm sending you the picture right now. It's hilarious. It's some good shit. I uh 
I'm not a fan. So as someone who has Dogecoin for the sake of just having Dogecoin. Yeah. I cannot stand the Twitter hashtag of like Doge to the moon or like Doge. It drives me up a wall because I feel like a lot of these people aren't actually like in crypto and they're just posting it for like interactions and don't get me wrong people make money off of that so props to them but I like I've doge muted on Twitter <laughs> I have like dogecoin muted uh I think the only crypto that I like actively follow on there I think is Bitcoin just so I can live in regret I told you I was gonna buy yours from you at what was it at 10k I tried to buy it from you remember that look live laugh regret it's the motto of my life no no regrets dude yeah i mean bitcoin's at what 60k right now 65 i think it I, today. I think i think it's at around 60 65 yeah There's... if it holds at 60 i think that's the one thing that like bitcoin has an advantage on against a lot of the other cryptocurrencies based off of the very little information that i know um if I'm not mistaken, it's decentralized, correct? All cryptos and like are there's decentralized, a, but there's yes. A, and then maybe the other thing that I'm thinking about, like there's only a, a finite number of them versus like, if I'm not mistaken, like Doge, they can just make more at any point. Correct. Yeah, there's a finite number of Bitcoin. Um, I just want to throw this out there. While we were talking about Dogecoin, we're not even live, and it just hit... Um, Oh, you can't see that. It just hit a dime. It's point one dollars per Doge. No shit. Yeah, as we as we were talking about it. So, good job. If us. it hit ten bucks, I can retire. Huh? If it hits ten bucks, I can retire. Right. Talk to uh, our boy Bowge Dog, who has like he has like two twenty seven hundred Doges right now. That's not a lot. For how cheap they were? Yeah, it was like two bucks. Yeah. I mean, props to him. That's got to be worth an insane amount or exponentially more now yeah, it's a than it was. Great return. Maybe it's 27,000. That might be it too. Oh, man, dude. If he's got 27,000 Doge and he spent like 20 bucks on it, that man's going to be buying a Toyota 4Runner TRD Pro that's maybe, in no time. <laughs> that's maybe half a payment on one. <laughs> Twenty-seven. I mean, if they hit a dollar, he's set. Yeah, there you go. Depending on what price he bought him for, I don't think I would be surprised if Doge ever hits a dollar. I didn't think it was going to hit a dime. I'm shocked it hit a dime. Yeah, me too. I I bought I like Ethereum though. Like a, Ethereum's probably my favorite like useful coin, and then Bitcoin's like gold, like digital gold. It's just a good store of value. Oh yeah, I remember. God, I think it was like a year ago. I put like 40 bucks into Dogecoin, had like 16,000 of them. Mm -hmm. And they hit like, dude, I want to say they hit maybe two pennies and I just unloaded it. <laughs> I was like, this is as high as it's going to get. Because Doge, Doge is really just a for the meme. Because the, at any point, they could just be like, oh, there's 5 million more now. Yeah. It's, yeah. I don't, I, I think it's just unlimited. I think the algorithm just runs forever. And so it'll never stop. Whereas 
Bitcoin, the algorithm is a finite amount. I think it's like 10 million or something. I have no clue. It's, it's definitely a, a fixed number. And so once that number reaches, or once, once we get to that number in 2080, I think is when it's like projected. Do you hear about the guy who had like $300 million in Bitcoin? And he had one attempt left on his hard drive to access it because it was like password protected. Uh, and he had he had three he had three attempts total, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. And he had done two of what the password was going to be, and he didn't like he couldn't get in. He offered police again. I could be mistaken here, but like half the amount. It's like 150 million dollars to be like get me into this hard drive. And I don't know what happened, so I'm sorry that I led you up to that. Then like by the way. I have no clue what occurred. You know, I want to know the conclusion of the story, but at the same time, I, I can't complain because that's how m- most of my stories go. Is There's just no climax. Just forgotten passwords. Uh, there's just no climax. That's You like that one? That's a good life you live yeah, there, bud. That's pretty good. Oh, I mean, I, can't, I mean, can't not great imagine. for everybody, but you know. Well, it depends. I mean, it could be great for you, and just not the other person. Wolf. I I don't know what you're talking about. I'm a great storyteller. Climax. Yeah. Constantly climaxing. <laughs> Always peaking. Always peaking. Always and peaking. on that note, thank you very much for listening to the Ad Hours podcast. Again, my name is Matt. Joined by my co-host here, Dylan. I'm sorry, my name is Dylan. <laughs> Fuck me. Joined by the co-host Matt, who is his real name yeah. and not Dylan, contrary to the statement that I just gave you. Anyways, thanks for listening. Have a great day. And again, my name is Dylan. And I'm Matt, I'm pretty sure. 